Who's Hound Entertainment presents Sounds on Vinyl, the show that celebrates collecting and listening to vinyl. And now, from the Grand Anarchy Studio in Sweden and the Speakeasy Studio in the United States, here are your hosts, Mike and Phil. Hey, hey, welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl show. My name is Phil Boyer, and as always, with me from the land of the Vikings, is my buddy Mike Svensson. Mike, how the hell is it going over there in Sweden? It's going really good, actually. We 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 don't have snow here in Malmo, and I'm really happy about that. I <laughs> I'm not a snowman at all. I don't like that white furry stuff. It's way too cold <laughs> for me. I was born in the wrong country. I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't want to be over here either because we not only do we have the snow, but we have the freezing single digit temperatures over here so that's not that's not fun that's not fun but hey we got a surprise today because we aren't alone it's not just the two of us babbling like we always do we've got somebody very special with us tell everybody who is with us today we are honored my friend to have bjorn street out of soil work and nightfuck orchestra joining us tonight yeah how's it going bjorn Pretty good, pretty good. Can't complain. No, welcome to the show, man. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. So, we talked about this before. You got a lot of snow. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, I don't know, probably like three, 30 centimeters by now. Oh, man. And still going. So, I've been shuffling snow and... yeah, it's a lot of work. You know, I'm, you know, I'm lucky I'm from the south in Sweden. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Currently living in, in Tyrosa, Sweden, um, yeah. outside Stockholm. So it's, 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 it's very different. Yeah. And isn't it like for, for us Swedes when we go, especially from us from the south, when we go, where, when the snow starts to fall and we go, what the hell should we do right now? Yeah. Oh, oh damn much. it. What? I can't drive my car anymore. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Anyways, enough of the snowy snow. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna dig right into this. Uh, how old were you, Bjorn, when you discovered music and you bought your first record? And what was the record you bought? Well, I mean, I discovered music uh, pretty early. I mean, one of my first memories is probably. England with Hasse Andersson when I was four years old. That's that's kind of hard to explain to. But anyways, um, and I liked singing to 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 that that song, and uh, that's probably how I discovered my voice somehow. But um, but that sort of led up till I remember when I went to to daycare, uh, like a daycare mom, and uh, my mom dropped dropped me off pretty early, like um, when she was going to work, and. and they had like sort of like a room full of pillows where you could just like go and if you wanted to sleep a little bit longer. So I went there and I remember have this sort of like vivid memory, like hearing uh, Janne Schaffel uh, oh my God. playing Brusa Högre Lilla Å. Oh my God. On, 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 on the radio. And uh, Janne Schaffer, uh, he's he played with ABBA, a very famous Swedish guitarist. And uh, I also do remember mark knopfler the soundtrack to local hero yeah so those are my first memories of like melodies and i think that did something to to my sense for melody but yeah the first i'm trying to remember the first record that i i i mean do you mean like that i bought for my own money or that yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah both 
Yeah, because I mean, I think the first like tape that my parents got me at a local gas station was Number of the Beast with Maiden because I, yes, um, which, which was a cassette. Um, and because um, I just fell in love with the cover, like, you know, I'm, anybody can relate. Obviously, there are so many stories like this. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, there was something special. And when I asked her to put it in the car stereo, you know, on, on the way home, and that, that's where, you know, my life changed, I would say. And um, I think uh, my first record that I bought, bought for my own money, uh, it was probably oh, that's a good question. I, I've been thinking about this all week, and I, I just. <laughs> It was. I think it might have been Eurythmics. Yeah, all right. Cool. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Because I mean, back then, my mom was playing so much like different types of music in in the car, and um, both my parents they they come from sort of sort of like a rock background. You know, they yeah. growing up with rock, and um, later on, I found their vinyls in in, in the basement. And uh, some some of them were, were like really molded, and I was like, "What is this? Why didn't you tell me about this?" And I found Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, and uh, oh, also wow. the Who. Yeah. Uh, I found Who's Next, and that was oh, like one of like my first that, vinyls, I would say as well. You know, that's even an epic yeah. album right there. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Did that encourage you to to go out and, and buy more albums when when you? Uh, I mean, the molded ones was not so good, perhaps. But, but some of them were in, in pretty good condition. And that's when I started, especially, you know, who's next? That, that was in, in really good condition. So, yeah. that, that, you know, it, it could have been Black Sabbath, you know, but that one wasn't really molded. So yeah. that it was who, which is not bad. I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic album, obviously. So, yeah, yeah but it, it definitely inspired me. And, and um, you know, I, I was all over the place. You know, I listened yeah. to, I, I was very much into Wasp. I was very much into Kiss, um, Twisted Sister, like and everybody else growing <laughs> up with, with you know, hard rock. Um, so I think, but at the same time, I, I was listening to like, you know, a lot of Bruce Springsteen, a lot of Eurythmics, uh, Hall and Oates, stuff like that. So I, I was really all over the place. So yeah. I, you know, I was not sort of, a heavy metal purist by any means. <laughs> I think we all started like that. You know? Yeah, I'm I'm still all over the place, you know. So it makes sense in the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were there any special places where you bought your records that that? Because uh, I I remember vividly going into to a record store here in Malmo called Record Heaven, and they yes. they had a, a, a different ty- types of people that that were in the sh- store working there, and they got me listening to a lot of stuff did, did you have that in your neck of the woods growing up absolutely i went to record heaven as well and then and, and yeah. uh, who was his, uh, what was his name Richard lion was he yeah like, yeah 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 so i remember I, I went there especially in my black metal years i went there to to discover a lot of new black metal i, I discovered emperor there and and um marduk dark funeral stuff like that yeah um but we also had I mean, I, I I was growing up in a small village called Glimslev, but then I went to junior high school in, in Landskrona, which is a pretty small city. Um, but they had a record store called M- Music Corner, and I went there to to buy a few albums. I found original pressing of of Kill 'Em All in there. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, oh, and oh. Um, 
So yeah, I bought, I bought a, lot, a lot of albums there. And I, w I was actually doing my, what do you call that in school when you get to sort of try out different professions when you're in seventh to ninth grade, uh, like a uh, practique. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, you get like, if you know, in seventh and eighth and ninth grade, you, you, you get like, you, you try, you get to try a profession basically. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and I, I, I got to try uh a record store working in a record store so that was that was amazing i mean i, I was copying every album that was on, on to to cassette you know that while yeah. working <laughs> working there uh for three weeks you know so um so that that store was amazing and then there was another one uh which i'm trying to remember what the name was uh but it, last credit was pretty good and then when i went to high school uh i started high school in helsingborg yeah which is a city that's maybe half an hour drive uh, north along the coast from Landskrona. And, and they had a brilliant uh, record store called Sødelsede. I and, remember. Uh, I was hanging out there after school every day. And I like whatever money I got, you know, I, I just put on, on records. And I always went there and, and, and the guy who was working there always had some good tips. And, and at that time I was getting into like a lot of sort of proggy stuff as well. And he was very much into that, but he also had a lot of black metal records and, and thrash and stuff like that. So, yeah. And was that the breaking point for you when you wanted to, to play music yourself? Well, I, I think the same daycare mom, like um, where I went as, as, you know, when I was six years old uh, or like, I think I was four to seven years old, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but they actually had uh, uh, her husband was playing in a band, so they had a, like a rehearsal room in, in the basement of the house, and that's oh, where wow. I discovered instruments. Because I mean, there was a full drum kit, there was guitars, bass, everything, you know. So wow. I went down there and I tried out every instrument, and I loved the drums the most, and and that was my first introduction, you know, because yeah. nobody in my family was, you know, playing an instrument, so I, you know, I didn't really get introduced to it until I came to my. Um, started at my daycare care mom so that was my first introduction and uh, then I, I was just a music fan after that and I didn't pick up an instrument until uh, I started junior high and I started playing guitar All right. and uh, mm -hmm. but I, I didn't really have any sort of ambitious uh, ambitions of becoming like a you know uh, a professional musician or anything like that you know I just like playing and uh, and then I randomly became a singer in in high school um when uh this this metal head came up to me uh in the schoolyard and asked him it's like oh you look like you're you're listening to metal it's like uh, yeah i am and it's like well i'm about to start this band and i'm looking for a singer do you want to sing and it's like okay well i play guitar but i guess i could try so that's how i became a singer okay so it's pretty random uh but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah it is random yeah so so did did you know uh, right there and then that that when you did a tryout that oh my god I got a voice I can sing. Um well I had tried you know um singing a little bit here and there um the people I were you know the friends that I were growing up with in in the small village of Glumslev we had you know uh sort of a rehearsal space where we were trying out stuff and then I was trying out singing as well so I felt that I, there was there was something you know but I didn't really explore it uh, until you know this guy asked me to be a part of this band and that's you know i started doing only screams and and that felt very i don't know it was it was such a adrenaline rush to just scream yeah. <laughs> somehow <laughs> and um 
Yeah, so I, I felt I had, had had something special from the start, but I mean, it, it took me a long time to become a confident singer, for yeah. sure. You know, it took me years. You mentioned uh, guitar players before, and, and then you became a drummer. Was there any uh, singers that you looked up to, that, that you were influenced by? At the time, you know, since I was, I was very much into sort of melodic death metal and black metal at the time, okay, yeah. you know, in the mid nineties, when, when I tried out screaming and, and, you know, joined the band uh, or started the band together with, with this guy named Peter Witchers that later became soul work. Um, I, I, I loved Tom Araya from Slayer. That was, you know, I love the tone in his voice, but I also really liked uh, you Nerdfight, the singer of, of Dissection. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I also like Mille, Mille from Crater a yeah. lot. That's a uh, but I also liked, you know, there was there was a big melodic death metal scene at, at the time, you know, and I really liked Tompa and At the Gates as well, and and uh, and also Jeff Walker from Carcass. Um, so I mean, I was a little bit all over the place, but I, I I also felt very quickly after you know started doing you know screamy vocals on the first album and 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 on the second one, and I, I saw how quickly my bandmates were developing on their instruments. And I felt like I, I want to do something more than just scream, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what led me into trying out melodic or clean vocals as well. And, and yeah. some people just thought it was a, a decision to, to become more commercial, which is not, <laughs> um, which was not the, the case at all. I, mean, I just wanted to develop. I, I wanted to try out different stuff because I, you know, I was still, developing so much as a singer and and, and wanted to explore uh, new things but, but you you still develop i mean yeah. I, i'm a, a big fan of, of nightfight orchestra because that's sort of like a, a soundtrack of my life but i can't pin it down what it is there mm. is there is stuff from all over the place like you said before with, with your musical background is that something that you you uh, got, got to explore with with nightlight all, all the stuff that that you had before with you with uh, Janet Hoffer and 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 so forth abba perhaps yeah absolutely yeah i mean it it's uh, i think i, I at, at times i felt a little bit frustrated with with soul work as much as you know i was you know really into writing metal and 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 and, and doing vocals for for the band i i felt that I felt limited as as well, you know, yeah. that I wanted to explore new things, and um, I think that's only natural. I think that happens to a lot of singers who only do screaming, you know, and and, and they they tend to start like a side uh, side project. But once we got together jamming with with the Night Flight Orchestra, it was just magical, you know. Yeah. And, uh, in the beginning, I was like, you know, I was really nervous. Like, can I? You think? You know, sort of having a lot of self-doubt that, you know, can I really pull this off, you know? And, and um, I don't know, it, I, I, I knew there was something, you know, that, but still, it, I was very nervous about it. But when we got together and, and jammed, you know, something happened there, you know? Yeah. And, uh, Did all of the, all of the, the, the guys in, in Nightflight have the, the, like the same background musical? Because it, it, when you listen to, to the songs, it's sort of like you you can find uh, you can find Ab and you can find Rush and Kiss, mm. like from the eighties and, and and so forth. Even the popular stuff. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, both me and David, you know, we 
we're 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 in soul work and the night flight orchestra and and we write a lot of stuff for for both of the bands and then so we have sort of a metal background but at, at the same time david has been doing a lot of fusion and he's been a singer songwriter he's been playing with a lot of different swedish pop artists as well and uh he's been you know he's been playing all kinds of bands and, and so it's really all over the place and 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 then we have charlie d'angelo and um which is mostly you know his background is mostly heavy metal and 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 death metal um but he also masters playing disco bass you know and so <laughs> yeah there's some some hidden talents you know and yeah. all, all over the place and and uh so I, I I would say that we come from very different backgrounds, but we have some sort of you know mutual things, you know, um, and and especially the vision and 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 the bands, you know, the inspirations are are very similar, uh, yeah. and, uh, which is obviously very diverse as well. So, yeah. were were you surprised? I mean, you know David, of course, but were you surprised that the other guys that that they were into this as much as you and David were? Well. Not that surprised. I was just surprised how good, for example, Charlie was, you know, playing sort of disco bass and like all the classic sort of, I don't know, Gene Simmons playing yeah. Kisco, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of, I know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> That's what I like to call it. But it, it's, uh, I was surprised. He had all the chops, like all, but even, you know, sort of punk and disco and, 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 classic stuff you know it's it, I, i was really surprised that he mastered it so well and yeah. and uh, you know also like all this sort of traditional abba licks you know yeah it was fantastic you know, and, and mind-blowing to 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 hear um you know when we got together and uh we just really connected very well um on a musical level and also on a personal level it's like you you know in in, in the night flight orchestra we just sort of communicate really well we don't we just have to you know look at each other and we know exactly what's what's going to happen next you know it's that kind of we don't really have to dis discuss things too much you know it just happens and and, and, and it's it's funny to see because because I, i i watch you perform with the with night flight and it there is a so, certain like a, there's a groove going on between you <laughs> in between yeah. the lines if you if you know what i'm talking about it, yeah it, it's sort of there is a vibe going on Absolutely, and, and and it's it's crazy to see because I I watched soul work too, and that that is completely different. And to yeah. to it's a it's almost a mind fuck going yeah. from a soul work show and seeing you I and bet. David there, and then seeing a night flight, and you're going, what the hell did just happen? Yeah. And it's and it's great because it's um I figured that that all of you. You sit there in, in in front of a stack of vinyl records, and and then you play, and then you go out and have some fun and and make music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's really how it started. You know, we we sort of started the band, me and me and David, while we're out on a North American tour with Soil Work, and we we really hit it off. You know, and and because he he at first he was a session guitar player for Soil Work, and I didn't know him since before. So he came with us on the North American tour and we ended up sitting in the back lounge listening to all these, you know, records and it became like a song battle, you know, it's like, oh, have yeah. you heard this? And or have you seen this video? So it's like, and we discovered that we love the same sort of 
same artists, the same melodies and the same aesthetics and, you know, like late 70s and early 80s when sort of rock was a little bit di disco infused. And uh, so we, we sort of explored like a whole decade together in that back lounge on that tour while being on the road in, in America, which is the greatest thing, you know, to listen to music like it, it's, it's the perfect sort of looking out the window, you know, driving through Arizona and listening to classic rock. I mean, there's nothing better than that. It's, uh, you know, being in motion. I think that's what we built, uh, built the band around, you know, to yeah. be, to create a soundtrack for ourselves, you know, while we're, you know, in motion, you know, so it's, uh, that's, that's really how it started. So, so when you're out touring as a musician, do you have the time to go record hunting or do you do it at all? Um, I do uh, occasionally. Uh, I mean, I like to do that. It's just hard to sort of bring vinyls with you home, you know, after yeah. a tour because m most of the times you fly home and then you have to shove it down your suitcase, you know, and yeah. that, that's usually not a very good idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I guess I could get myself like a case, you know, like those Pelican case for vinyls. Do they make those? <laughs> I don't know. You, do can, they do? you can have one make them for you. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. No, but that's an idea. But I mean, I, I'm not your typical, you know, vinyl collector. But every now and then, you know, uh, I have a fairly, fairly big collection. Uh, and when I find something that, you know, I want, I, I definitely go for it. I, I don't really have to go that far. I mean, when I'm in Skåne, my, my favorite uh, record store is Gantofta, uh, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, everybody listening to this or, you know, in who lives in Sweden or abroad should go there if they, they're anywhere, you know, close to Gantofta, which is basically close to the city of Helsingborg. It's a fantastic place. And Henrik, he, he, he gets you uh, some donuts and, and, and coffee while you're there, too. So, Absolutely. So, yeah, so he's go there. A great yeah, owner and host, for sure. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, brilliant record store. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Is. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's dive into your collection a little bit. So, yeah. what is your most prized vinyl in your collection? That, that one record that you wouldn't give up for anything. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm actually sitting here watching them while we're talking. <laughs> I mean, there's something special about, you know, the who, who's next. I mean, yeah. I might, that mm -hmm. might be boring right now, but I mean, that, that one, that one means so much to me because that's where I connected to my parents musically okay. on a musical level. It's like, wow, you guys listen to this, you know, because they were not really listening to music that much at home, but in, in the car and my mom was putting on radio and there was a lot of good stuff, but who's next? That sort of connected me to my dad on a musical level. So that one, I would not, you know, trade for okay. anything. Yeah. All right. That's and cool. then uh, also Alan Parsons project, turning of a friendly card is one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, nice. There you go. Yeah. Cool. There you go. It's been a while since I heard those guys. I have to yeah, dig them out, play them. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. So on the flip side, what yeah. is the one record that's not in your collection that you would do anything to get? Wow. Do I have any of those? Um, that's another good question. Stump the rock star. That's what this is all about today. <laughs> Stump the rock star. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a big Kiss fan as well. So, I mean, there's there's definitely some Japanese uh, editions I would like, you know. I, I don't know if, how expensive they are. I'm, like I said before, I'm not like a huge 
vinyl collector, uh, but you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Unmasked album, so a, a Japanese edition of Unmasked, maybe. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> that's sweet that's sweet music to my ear bjorn yeah. right there all right cool. yeah <laughs> i'm such a kiss nerd i i don't know what there's something wrong with me yeah. we, we, we talked about the japanese i mean i guess there's a couple of different pressings or you know i i'm not even sure how expensive it is but no it's it's sort of like in 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 good condition it's sort of like only like five or six hundred swedish crowns okay not too so, bad no sir you're good to go all right, cool. and it and it's it, and it's a great record too. So, yeah, unmasked and and it's beautiful looking in in, in, in Japanese presents. Yeah, yeah, all of them are. Absolutely. I'm getting misty eyed right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys in 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 your your kiss, I tell you. Yeah, it's... yeah. Sorry, that was I guess kind of predictable, but yeah. <laughs> But still, but still, <laughs> but still, yeah. but still. So I, um, I see you got uh, uh, a couple of of uh, uh, the albums. I mean, of course, Night Flight uh, um, on on vinyl record, but Soilwork was the first band, huge band that that you 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 played in. And what was it like for you to to hold that first your own vinyl record? Was that with Soul Work? Yes, it was. And uh, how was the feeling? Let me think. Or was actually, I think it might have been Terra 2000 now that I think about it, which oh. was a uh, um, picture disc. Oh, oh my God. Oh, oh wow. I guess that one is pretty rare. Um, from the first album, Slaughterhouse Supremacy. Uh, and that we recorded that album and released it in 99. Ooh. And I'm trying. Yeah. Because I don't think we got a vinyl version of the two first uh, Soulwork records, Steel Blast Suicide and Chain Heart Machine, until later. Okay. I might be wrong, but I think that might be the first vinyl from any of my bands that I got. And it was a picture disc, which was amazing. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that, was, that was definitely surreal. You know, yeah. um, That was a really cool feeling for sure. That's that's a good way to start. Yeah. The first one you got is a picture disc. Yeah, exactly. Hey, <laughs> it's game over from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. You you mentioned before uh, when you when you talk about music, do you still today find stuff that that uh, influences you? Uh, absolutely. You know, yeah. and, and um, it's it's kind of hard to keep track of, of new music coming out, but I'm trying, you know, it's one of those things, you know, that's that's when you know you're starting to get old, when you stop sort of following, it's like, oh, everything, you know, in, in the 70s and 80s and 90s was so much better, which is kind of true. Yeah. But anyways, there's, <laughs> you know, you know it, it's there's still stuff out there that is, is, is nice to, to, to discover, you know, and you can you can still, your mind can still be blown, you know, so that's 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 cool. No. Yeah, and, and of course you you want to know uh, what, what was the latest thing I discovered. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm tr I'm trying to think here, and we're talking about new stuff, obviously. Um, yeah, both perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I mean both. I mean, I, I just I mean I I've heard some songs with Sabotage here and there, but it's it's a band that I started exploring a little bit lately, and I don't know what what took me so long, but it's it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Lo love sabotage. Love those yeah. guys. We we talked about this, Phil and I, a couple of times. I, um, we tend to go back to the eighties where we were were 
teenagers in in the beginning of um, of the 80s and mm-hmm. there is stuff there that you still discover uh, and 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 then you try to find some some newer stuff but it's it's sort of like you said Bjorn when when you grow older you you tend to go uh, well you, you you're not keeping up with, with the newer stuff no, so, I, I try, and I think that's where s- streaming platforms can help a little bit. You know, there's a lot of things that I don't like about streaming platforms, but there's also some some really good sides to it. And I think when it comes to new discovering new music, you know, I think it's it's good. You know, and uh, I mean, if, if we want to talk about something like pretty recent stuff, it's it, the latest Tribulation album where the gl- uh, gloom becomes sound is uh, is fantastic. Okay. Mm. Uh, great band super underrated i would say um and uh it's like black metal and rock and roll sort of melancholic vibe um pretty unique stuff and then at the same time i like i I really love the new kylie minogue album so i'm (laughs) again you know it's like it's like black metal and kylie minogue you know and kylie minogue sounds disco again which is awesome so yeah (laughs) so so you're a big disco fan then i am yeah yeah Yeah. that's what that's, that's actually something I could bring up, you know, because in, in, that was one thing that I was collecting, you know, in the beginning of the 90s. And because I loved all the, the, the disco and cover art because they were extremely cheesy, some of them. And, <laughs> yeah, they were. They were. Look at. And so I was started collecting those just for fun. But then I discovered that I loved the music so much, you know, it started with the covers, but then the music was great. And at the same time, I also entered my my biggest sort of black metal face. So I was like listening to disco and black metal. <laughs> oh, man. My, yeah. So and then after that, I started collecting uh, uh, Judas Priest as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to get all their albums on vinyl and uh, uh, Killing Machine is, is, is another record that I would not try. I mean, it's it's very easy to find, but it's it's you know this is this is my copy of it, you know. Yeah, um, and yeah. that's special. It's a very special album. So I, I got really into sort of traditional sort of um, British heavy metal and in in, in the beginning of the nineties as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we we need it. You know, there's those guys out there that do these YouTube videos where they do the mashups between like Slayer and Michael Jackson or whatever. Yeah, we need somebody to do like a a black metal and disco yeah that, that, that would be that would be fun i don't know i find those things kind of fun when, when yes, they absolutely I, I think it's actually has become a term within the soul work camp as well sort of we call it dracula disco because uh, <laughs> if you listen carefully to soul work soul work like the latest two three years like what we released there there's some disco in there but it has it's like blackened disco like it's very sort of has like a black metal feel to it but it has a disco feel to it at the same time it's, it's weird but it, it just works somehow it's dark disco the dark there disco yeah. dark disco there's, black there's i like black genre. and disco black that's and awesome disco. <laughs> oh man let's go <laughs> there you go yeah. uh yeah I, I sort of grew up on the whole disco back in the 70s that that's what because my mom and grandma, they would listen to like the Perry Como and, and the, the Elvis and all that stuff. And then somehow disco got put into the mix. I, I don't know how or why or when that happened. But so I got into some, you know, like Chic and oh, what were some of the other ones back then? Donna Summer and all that stuff. And and then I got more into the the 
the I don't know, just the rock like Survivor, you know, with Eye of the Tiger and all that, you know. Yeah. Then, then my a buddy of mine played Metallica, and then it was all over. Kill them all. That was all over. Then I was into the metal. I hear you on that one. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. But 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 I still go back to those disco days. It, it's nice to to do that. Yeah. Um, every now and then, go back and listen to disco and and have some fun with that. Absolutely, that's some great stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Hey, before we let you go, I got to ask you. Uh, I saw the other day that you guys are releasing in soil work, a uh, feature film for one of your EPs. So I wanted to, I wanted you to talk about that and fill me in. Cause we, I, I did a movie a while back, way, way, way back. And, uh, and so I was interested, what made you th- want to do like a, a movie off of the, off the music? Well, um, we like to explore new things and, and, uh, I guess we've become one of those bands that are not very predictable anymore. <laughs> I think there was a time where we were fairly predictable, but um, I think there's there's David Anderson is 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 a very very creative mind, and uh, he presented the idea. Uh, so it was his idea from the beginning, and I really liked that everybody else in the band as well. So. Um, I think it's something that definitely sticks out and I think it goes along pretty well with, with the music, you know, something, something visual, you know, and, and we're definitely mm-hmm. not the first ones to do anything like that. You know, we've seen, we've seen bands releasing a video for each and every song on the album and, and, and they're all connected and this and that. But I think um, our, the EP is, is, is very cinematic. I would say it creates a lot of sort of images in your mind, at least in mine. I mean, that that's always what I go for when, when you create music, you know, so um, we want to do something different. And especially in these times where we can't do any touring or anything like that, you, you, you need to start getting creative because we don't know how, how, how long this is going to take, you know, right, right. Turn to normal or somewhat normal. Looking yeah. forward to that one. Yeah. All right. It's about time to say goodbye. Unfortunately, we can't babble on forever. No. Or can we? Well, we could. No, we could. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, Bjorn, hey, thanks, man, for coming on and, and sharing all your stories and, and all the all the fun stuff. Yeah, thank you so much, man. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Until next time. Later. 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 If your ears aren't bleeding by now, you didn't listen to Sounds on Vinyl the right way, so go back and listen again. Sounds on Vinyl is hosted by Mike Svensson and Phil Boyer and produced by Boozehound Entertainment. Go to soundsonvinyl.com to support the show, to dive deeper into listening and collecting vinyl. Don't forget to subscribe where you listen so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening and for all your motherfucking support.